Hello and welcome to the first episode of A Journey Through Time, The Dark Cast. I'm sitting here with a group of five other intrepid co-hosts with the co-most. Yeah, t- too kind. <laughs> uh, we, uh, the, actually the, <laughs> the relationships between all the people at this table is kind of intertwined in a, in a, in a very dark-esque fashion is very complicated as to how all of us know each other. Starting it off right, Alex. I mean, I got to make connections. Everything, everything's connected. So, uh, to my left, we have, uh, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Would you like, would you like to introduce yourself, Jordan? Jordan Lawton, everybody. (laughs) Kind of, uh, putting me on the spot here. Well, I mean, people, people need to know what your voice sounds like. So, well, my voice sounds like this and, uh, this is Jordan. Cool. That's cool. that's all we need to know about you. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this is Andrew. I'm the brother. Uh, brother of, of me. Did I even introduce myself? My name's Alex Herman. I'm <laughs> the host of this show. Uh, clearly, I know what I'm doing, obviously. Uh, I'm Andrew. I, I'm going to pride myself as kind of the skeptic of the show. I have watched many shows that are very good, but... Don't necessarily fully come through. So. Uh, yes, he's sounds like uh, Donald Trump. He was yeah, he was he was burned either. very hard I've by many Game of great Thrones. Shows. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. we were we were all burned by Game of Thrones. We're going to try not to talk about we're Game of Thrones on, on this podcast, but <laughs> too late. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, moving on to the next person at our table, we have. Yeah. Uh, hey everyone, this is Colby. Um, just living in the house. I'm just kind of like a vagabond, you know, just uh, <laughs> tagging along and. But yeah, this is my voice, and you get to know me pretty well over the next uh, couple episodes here. Silky smooth. Uh, okay, directly across from me, staring deep into my eyes right now. Hi, is... my name is Chris Baristatos, and I have been a dark addict for three years now. Um, yeah, I plan to learn a lot about myself through this journey, and honestly, um, Dark might be my favorite TV show of all time, but, you know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out in season three. Very excited. Our final co-host, who may or may not be with us in the future, I'd like to preface <laughs> it by saying he won't be around ever. Uh, Maurice Winter. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Maury. Uh, I have seen the show one time. I enjoyed it very much. And uh, for those of you who are like maybe have seen it once and are listening to the podcast to kind of like get jazzed up for the third season. Um, I'm kind of right there with you. Also, this podcast will be heavy spoilers for seasons one and two. It's mostly a recap of seasons one and two with theorizing for what will occur in season three. So if you have not seen seasons one and two of Dark, I would recommend turning this podcast off. In fact, we may have already spoiled things for you. I do not remember. (laughs) Tell your friends. GTFO. Tell your friends if they... And then if they don't mind spoilers. Don't, Don't leave us hanging. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. What are we even doing here? Also, pay me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not going to be in the podcast. I'm sorry, I'll get it in there another. Morey, we're just going to cut everything that you've said in the I'm entire show. <laughs> okay, so I think I think what we're going to do to start this is uh, do a quick rundown, maybe of each episode uh, in the first season, and just kind of chit chat as we go. If you guys have any thoughts or theories or ideas anything that sticks out to you in the first episode i'm just going to read a quick recap and we'll if you have any anything chime in please uh okay so episode one secrets Geheimnisse. Gesundheit, <coughs> <laughs> please <laughs> uh so episode one of dark 
opens June 21st, 2019, which coincidentally was the release date of the second season. Everything's connected. <laughs> the episode opens with the suicide of Michael Conwald, the father of Jonas Conwald. <clears throat> he left a suicide note not to be opened before November 4th, 2019 at 10.13 p.m. It also starts with a quote from Albert Einstein saying, uh, yes. the distinction between past, present, and future is stubbornly persistent. It's a stubbornly persistent illusion. Yes, so that kind of lays the groundwork for time's going to be fucky in this show. Um, so after, after the suicide of Michael and the zoom in on his suicide note, we cut to his son, Jonas Kahnwald, waking up kind of aggressively and breathing very heavily seemingly waking from a nightmare uh we then we see him riding his bike through the picturesque town of winden we see many like lots of forest imagery and there's there's tons of uh, drone shots overhead of of forests oh, to really set the stage. One of the best parts about the entire series oh, are those drone shots. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's actually a big uh, like Gota theme in a lot of his uh, writing because Gota is like one of the greatest German poets, like Renaissance man. He's essentially like the Da Vinci, the da Vinci of Germany, uh, or like the Shakespeare of Germany, maybe I don't know. But a lot of his writing involves like there are there are like palate cleanser breaks where there's lots of like introduction to nature and like being around nature and the idea of nature as like a a salve to being like so to calming the soul kind of thing oh. is, is a is a consistent theme so like anytime you see one of those drone shots it's kind of like a gota-esque reset of like palate cleanser almost oh very nice and it, honestly when you're viewing uh those cut scenes you do get a moment to breathe you do get a moment to kind of Oh, take yeah. in what you just experienced. Oh, because uh, all, all the scenes are so dense and heavy and they really don't hold your hand at all. So you're basically, it's a show where you have to actively be watching and really paying attention. Well, I mean, because already just from what we've seen so far is the, there's the letter that says don't open until X amount of time. Uh, and then we see J Jonas's mom hooking up with someone uh th th there's already familiar stuff where we see we saw one picture in the art studio before the guy killed himself of a family and then we see another one with one of the people ripped out of it uh, so i mean there's already a lot of stuff that we see we see a missing sign for a kid yeah there's there's lots of heavy in introductions to characters without holding your hand as to who they are or how they're related to anybody else yeah you start with you start with a suicide by hanging of Michael Convault, and immediately the next thing we see is Ulrich Nielsen and <clears throat> Hannah Convault making sweet love. And <laughs> don't like that. There's a shake of the head over there. <laughs> but um, yes, so you kind of the way that the show is introduced to you, you you don't find out immediately. But Ulrich Nielsen, after making love to Hannah. She she says that she loves him, and he says that she's beautiful. He does not return the I love you to her. And then he climbs out the window and runs back home to his wife and three children. <laughs> and so you find out kind of the first two scenes that you get of the show are a man killing himself and then a man cheating on his wife and family. 
And so you're kind of introduced to this murky, like there's no, all the morality of this world is maybe a little bit askew. Everybody is kind of. I think right from the get-go, you, you start developing a negative image of Ulrich. One could say dark. Uh, <clears throat> but. I wouldn't. You wouldn't though? No. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, we also see like, the next thing we see is Jonas talking with his friend Bartosz. Well, he's, uh, he talks to his therapist first, right? Oh, okay. I did kind of skip that originally, but he does go and talk to his therapist. What's this therapy session in the woods? Like, that's weird. Yeah, right? they are kind of just right. walking through the woods before <laughs> school. It's kind of an interesting time for a therapy <laughs> session. But who knows what Peter Doppler is up to. <clears throat> and Jonas basically, in, in his meeting with his psychiatrist, this is when you find out that he went to, after the suicide of his father, he checked himself into a mental hospital in Frankfurt. Is that where he was? Do they say where specifically it, it he went? It doesn't say specifically. Maybe I'm just thinking Frankreich as Germany, and so I'm thinking Frankfurt. but Or as France, I'm sorry. Because he basically, Bartosz lies for him to his friends and says that he went to visit France for the, what was it, three summer. months, six was, months that yeah, he was gone? Because it's yeah. December. The, the whole summer. We start, well, it's yeah. November when we oh, start. November. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Jonas doesn't know about the suicide note when he meets with his psychiatrist. No. Well, because we find out also that the suicide note is at the the woman, at, uh, Inez. Ines. Ines Conwald, uh, who is the in the family photo with uh, them. Uh, who's the grandmother of uh, Jonas? Yes, mother of uh, we, Michael. We see that that's the that the suicide note is actually in her house, uh, and we also hear on the radio that the nuclear plant has a history of failure-free operations, and they're the best in Germany. Yes, that's, one of the one of the oldest one of the oldest power plants in Germany without an accident, and the oldest accident-free power plant in Germany is, I think, the way that it's phrased. Oh, I, I listen to the <clears> English <throat> dubbing because I'm too lazy to read. Captions. Oh, you're the worst. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so, so, so some of the translations are not always the same. So what is Ina's reading out of the box at the end, towards the end of episode one, when she reads that note? She reads. She reads the suicide letter from. Michael. That's the suicide letter. Yes. Okay. And then she puts it back in her little box. Yeah. Okay. Because well, Jonas doesn't actually see the suicide letter until later on. Yeah. She, yeah. she reads the letter for the first time when it. The, at yeah, she she she's so. the one who holds on to it. Which how she got it, who knows? Because we assume that he oh true we assume that Michael commits suicide on June twenty first twenty one uh twenty nineteen, and skipping forward to season two, we know that Jonas and Hannah are out of the house that night at Katerina and Ulrich's. Uh, anniversary party mm -hmm. so you would think that them coming home from that party they would find michael's dead body they knew and they would and they would find the suicide note yet enos convald has the suicide note and keeps it from jonas for six months three months four months however many months i think well, it's maybe. just a month what is what is june to september or June to November. Oh, I guess she has the note. She just doesn't open it until the date. Yeah, so she keeps from six months, for about six, seven months. Easily could have placed it in her possession, though. Or mailed it to or her. Or mailed it to her or something. Well, like we see we see him set it on his desk and then go and hang oh, himself immediately. Uh, that's well, and Jonas was the one who found him, too. So Is that true? Is I that think, established? I think, they, I think they mentioned that somewhere. But maybe that maybe I'd be. I don't know. I I don't remember if that is. I, I, I don't really know. That might be true. The the. I thought that the only time that he saw his father was after he died. Obviously, it was when he was covered in like that black substance. 
in the right. woods oh, when Mickle goes missing. Right. Yeah. Which he, don't he hallucinates he his him. father yeah, several sure. times. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe it's something like that. I would say, like, let's just introduce the characters. Just be like, hey, here's who we know. Yeah. Like, and then... Yeah, we should introduce know. Ulrich and his family and yeah. introduce their kids. Ulrich Nielsen is having an affair with Hannah Convald, Jonas's mother. Ulrich Nielsen's current wife is Katarina, who is the principal of the high school that all of the children in Winden go to. It, is, that it seems to be the school in, in Vinden. So that is where all of the children go. Katarina is the principal. The children of Ulrich and Katarina are Marta, Magnus, and Mikkel. They're big with the M names. Jonas is close friends with Marta and Magnus. I guess Mikkel's a little younger, but they seem to have a friendly relationship. They know each other. Uh, they have a couple other friends in their group. Uh, well, I guess Bartosh is really their main friend. Francisca Doppler is another friend who seems to be more on the outside edges of their friendship. I don't know that she's really... Yeah, at the, at the beginning, I, I wouldn't even consider them friends. It's not no. until Madness She's, she's the new date. girl in school, right? Is she, is she new? No, I don't, I don't no, believe so, no. no. grown up there together. <clears throat> yep. I mean, because I mean, yeah. she's the child of Charlotte and... Yep. That's true. Yep. Francisca does... Francisca is the daughter of Peter Doppler, who is Jonas's... Uh, therapist therapist and husband to charlotte who is the part of police and partner well yeah i guess um, i guess yeah she's the chief technically so ulrich is below her i guess yeah. on the pecking order um but we'll we'll meet those characters in in just a couple of episodes or if not episode one i think actually right yeah and we're first introduced to all these characters like mickle is talking about magic that he loves marta's doing a hunger strike for starving kids right. uh it kind of gives their personalities magnus is looking for a jacket and like constantly like kind of yeah. like a everyday happy family mm -hmm. but the father's secretly in an affair with you know somebody who lives right down the road um, that scene that scene is actually a really fantastic scene it's real it's all done in one shot yeah it's it's a it's a one take basically and it does like a full circle around the room and kind of follows all the characters and introduces the nielsen family in a really like focused way kind of gives you an idea of who all these characters are marta being the obviously the actress and like socially conscious girl katarina's like she's like running the family she's, she's yeah, the, principal, the principal you know exactly. she's trying to keep everything yeah. ordered oh and it's interesting too because the first time we get introduced to uh francisca is she's smoking a joint or she takes a joint from uh magnus who's smoking uh <laughs> yes. and it's kind of an interesting interaction between them because it kind of shows that she's on the outskirts, and we later learn that her mom's the head detective, Charlotte. She smokes Stockman. weed, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Well, She's that was on a, the outskirts. That was a power yeah. move too, taking the J from him. Yeah. The way that she walks up, her whole like demeanor, you can just tell. She's and that kind of gives us her personality as well. Exactly. She's very straightforward and upfront with people. Yeah. Mikkel, first time you, you meet Mikkel, he's doing magic. Heavy, heavy Mikkel in this. Talking in about this pulling scene. a rabbit out of a well, hat. And he, yeah. literally the yeah. first question he asks after doing a magic trick with his dad, uh, he says, the question isn't how, the question is when. And that's right. a very prevalent theme. The, scene, the, the scene is heavy. He's wearing, he's wearing a, a black like onesie, essentially, that is just a like a skeleton with, with a skeleton design on it. Like a silhouette and then he's of wearing yeah. a, a red jacket over top of that. And he's wearing a black top hat as well. And Katarina is trying to get him to change because he can't go to school like that. And he's saying that this is my work outfit. A magician has to have like his his setup and whatever. And that he is emulating Houdini. And his mother doesn't seem to understand his 
love for magic, but he's very adamant, and his father is much more supportive. Ulrich actively encourages him, fine, you can dress like that, just show me a trick and then get going, because you guys got to get to school. And he does the the sugar cube, or the, uh, not the sugar cube, it's the, the like, little parcheesi piece. Thing, yeah. It's a yellow parcheesi piece, thank you. And he puts it under a yellow cup, and he also upturns a blue cup. And he taps the top of both cups, and when he lifts them, the yellow parcheesi piece has changed from the yellow cup to the blue cup. And so there's a lot of heavy color symbolism in this scene. And I think <clears throat> it will lead us to some future theories and conclusions that I personally have. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to get into that no. now or should we, we should just wait and move on for that. Yeah, let's, let's just move on. So yeah. as, as we were saying, Jonas shows up at school and, uh, you know, clearly is friends with Martha, Magnus, Bartosz. Um, Bartosz seems to be his closest we friend. We also find out that Bartosz and Martha are dating, and that kind of surprises Jonas. Yep, definitely yeah. surprises Jonas. Martha seems visibly, like, concerned or, you know, uh, very worried about Jonas's feelings on the subject. Um, and uh, Jonas seems to be taking it in full stride. Definitely, uh, you know, doesn't want to admit the fact that he was going to like psychotherapy for a couple months uh bartosh really did him a solid for telling everybody he was in france um and so yeah they go to school they're hanging out and then i believe we're introduced to uh charlotte charlotte through ulrich yeah ulrich and charlotte uh are discussing the missing child poster that we saw earlier uh and there's an illusion uh, to something that happened in Ulrich's past being a similarity or something, but he kind of brushes it off. Yeah, he he she she says that when when they discuss Eric going missing and the fact that a child has gone missing, Charlotte brings up that things seem kind of similar to what happened 33 years ago, and Ulrich says this has nothing to do with my brother, and then kind of storms out a little bit. He gets up and leaves. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I believe at the same time we're also introduced to voler if it's not that scene it's definitely a scene very soon after i just uh felt the need to bring him into the picture because he has an eye patch what happened to his eye never gets explained i wonder if uh, season three will bring the will true reason we all watch dark to know why he has the eye patch I think his eye is why the alternate world exists i'm pretty sure that the black hole that's causing all this exists inside of voler's eye he has a time machine behind his eye patch that's how far into the future he's been i I believe it the next person we're introduced to is uh regina tiedman tiedman uh and it seems like she's some type of receptionist at a hotel and we i believe she just like runs the hotel essentially i think it's just a one-person operation basically at this point in time it's you're not really sure who who this lady is, but it's clearly she runs it and she's by yeah, herself. I mean, and she gets a phone call from the bank yeah. that says, like, hey, we're taking We need you to pay back the loans that you owe us. And she's saying, she's look, like, kids have gone missing in our town. Nobody wants to come and visit our town right now while there are children missing. Understandably Obviously, so. I can't afford to pay you back right now. Can we defer payments? And then kind of gets very angry and screams at them and seems visibly, like, shaken and upset. Uh, back to the school scene real quick. Don't isn't at that point we learn that um, Eric is missing. Yes, the school scene in in the scene child. where in the scene where Jonas and Bartosh are sitting next to each other. Bartosh in fact says that these kind of assemblies are for idiots and they should get rid of them. 
which I'm kind of interested to know who the who the they are, but I assume it's probably just the powers that be. I also noticed that there were like a lot of people standing in the back row of the thing in black, but when I paused it and went back, I was like, ooh, is there like a Sigmundus like cult running this school? But then when I went back, it was just a bunch of kids standing <laughs> in the back. I was like, oh, fuck. But that would be a great story. It would have been really cool, but it's oh, not the thing. Uh, you know, and I can't believe we haven't talked about Helga yet. Ooh, old man Helga. So Helga, well, yeah, uh, he start. He, we just see scenes of him, just he, where it says it's happening. Yeah, or it's gonna happen I mean, again. How, how creepy is that? I mean, SBA you have this Bastion. old man who everybody thinks is crazy, saying has dementia. He has dementia, you know, and he's saying it's gonna happen again. Like, am I too late? Has TikTok. it already happened? TikTok. And everybody's like, man, what the fuck is Helga? But he's like a about? significant piece to this whole little machine they, that's little running. Do they know Jordan, right? Yeah. Man, I, and, and Helga, you know, when you first meet him, you also are led to believe he is just crazy, insane old guy who who doesn't know what he's talking about, right? But sure enough, he turns out to be the number one figure in terms of like knowing what's going to happen almost in the entire series and he's been to each timeline that we know of correct yeah that's correct i think yeah. he's the only one who's been to obviously each at this time there's no way to know that but right. there's also know. kind of an interesting theme of like people having um people that are relevant or important or people that have like some kind of disability that is like half of a disability, you know, like the, the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. You have Helga with a, a battered ear, but only one of them. Uh, Voler <clears throat> only has one eye wounded and um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth can't, can't, she can't that. speak, yeah. but she yeah. can speak with sign language. So they're all like kind of a halfway to the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, which is kind of an interesting uh like symbolism to include in the show. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Can you, so you you were talking about Helga, Elizabeth, and who's the third? Voler, just because yeah, he's exactly. missing an eye. I, wow. And honestly, yeah, I didn't put I've that always, together either. I've always thought Voler's like just going to be an outskirt kind of comedic relief character with his eye patch thing. <laughs> Everyone but, in the story is connected. But the yeah. thing is, Voler is super important to the story. I mean, he's he's working Doing for Alexander, for Alexander and the and the power yeah. plant. He's like a mole uh, in the Alexander, in the police office. I don't know if we've introduced him. Alexander is no. the head of the nuclear power plant. And the wife um, and the husband has, to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking yeah. of the the town of Winden is. Uh, basically, the lifeblood of the entire town is a power plant that employs the vast majority of the people that work that live nuclear in the town. Power plant. It's a nuclear power plant. Yes, yeah. Yeah. built in the eighties. No, fifties. Built in. Built 50s. in sixty. The power plant was built in. It was built in nineteen sixty. Oh, it was. Okay. It was being it started the construction in nineteen fifty three. Yes. So, <laughs> essentially, um, essentially, Bartosz, kind of. While they're at school, he's talking to Jonas, or maybe they were playing video games. I you did skip over the '80s music, which was "You Spin Me Right Around," which I really liked. But oh, it, that's it shows it shows the a uh, bunker that the missing kid is in, which we'll talk about. Later. I think that's, that's the, the very, very end. The last scene I, it shows it earlier. It might show it earlier, actually. Yeah, that's a good. Point. He's like yeah. laying in the bed, so but I mean, we don't know what it is. Again, yeah. it's keeping us it in shows, the dark. That's a good point, Andrew. It shows us. <laughs> All of a sudden, the show has know, a lot of cut scenes. Like it just does. shows you one little thing, then sh- jumps to something else. So all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're watching kind of this immoral universe unfold. We're we're watching this kind of immoral town unfold in episode one, and then we're there's a cut scene 
to very loud 80s music. Andrew, what's the song? You spin me right round. You spin me. Oh, wow. You spin <laughs> me right round. And it's, it's loud. Yes, it is. You can, s- I think you can see the dancers. Yeah, you can see it on the Yeah, it's like the music video of the. You see those 80s spandex wearing motherfuckers playing around. The TV is also. Is it 80s? No. It must have been. It was well, the whole the whole down. bunker yeah. is, was, was, is you don't know, but everything is yeah. that whole yeah. bunker is in the eighties. So the terrifying cutscene happens. It, it's maybe like a thirty second clip, if that, and then no explanation. We get cut back to school, or mm-hmm. I've, it's yeah, school, school or well, uh, the machine. The machine closes around his head. No, that's no, that's no, the no, end no, of the episode. Scary. We actually yeah. see the chair just that's sitting in the room while he's and he's just like sitting on the bed. Yeah, that's all it shows. Yeah, it shows the cutscene at the end. But I think it shows the wallpaper at that point, which is like one of my favorite. The wallpaper, fantastic! I want that wallpaper. (laughs) Bartosh asks Jonas to uh, find some drugs. Yeah, Eric. Yes. Well, first, first he has a hilarious black hole asshole joke uh, about Francisca because she's up presenting something for whatever science class they're in, and she's talking about black holes, and Bartosh leans over and goes. I bet you the biggest black hole of all is in Francisca's ass, and oh, that's Jonas Jonas laughs his ass off. Yeah. They yeah, they laugh so hard, it's great. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Bartosz goes, but seriously, since Eric's missing, I bet you all of his drugs are still yeah. at the cave. Yeah, it, it kind of starts showing Bartosz not being the best person. Yeah, he's an unsavory first, character. The first I mean, three things kind of we see about him kid. is that he is dating some girl that Jonas clearly likes. Uh, he's talking about some girl's asshole being a black hole and wants to steal drugs from the local drug dealer. So. Yes. He's going through a phase. I feel like that's just natural like kid behavior, right? Yeah. That's, that is it doesn't label him as necessarily like the ironic thing is evil that, at this point. The ironic thing is that his parents are probably the the most loving couple in the show, the best, like, oh, yeah. most cohesive family yeah. unit, unit, and yet he's, like, kind of the shittiest, most, like, incorrigible kid of all the kids that we've been introduced to so so they end up uh you know making a pact that they're gonna go find the uh drugs i believe after after they leave the class bartosh and and jonas Jonas introduce this idea to magnus and marta and someone else over here which i do find suspicious that yeah. Francisca says that she overheard them talking about it because we see where she is in the school during this scene because we're following our group of four, Jonas, Bartosh, Magnus, and Marta, as they walk down the stairs and discuss the prospect of going to the caves. And as they cross through a door, Francisca is coming from the other side of the door and Francisca and Magnus have their like little stare at each other and say each other's names, which is super hot flirting. Yeah. <laughs> Whether she overheard or knew right. that it would be there as well, you know. Not that's that's deal, my so. thing is I'm not sure if she overheard because they were talking about it on the stairs yeah. and she didn't cross their path until If she didn't overhear, the, so what? Door. Like she knew it was there, right? Maybe. But nevertheless, yeah. she is there. She does seem she to be, yeah, she does seem to be a weed smoker, yeah. so. She is, she should She's shown herself to be. <laughs> while, <laughs> while Bartosz, Jonas, Magnus, uh, and Ma- Marta and Mikkel are all there as well. And it's nighttime. And it's this spooky-looking cave that, spoilers, is going to be very important throughout the entire show. And the only reason uh, that Mikkel is there is because... The babysitter had a right. stomach bug. And Ulrich, 
Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so Ulrich Ulrich seems to have told his family that he has to go to Frankfurt for some kind of police training. Because when he's on the phone with Hannah, she well, one, she gives him shit for having to call her with not even not even a full day after they've made love. She says, Oh, you can't even make it a full day without me, huh? And he says, I need you or whatever. <clears throat> And he mentions that he'll be in Frankfurt this weekend and he has a hotel if she's interested. Now, if we remember the scene where Regina is on the phone in the hotel, there is a key missing. So the theory is that Ulrich has checked into into the hotel and lied to his family so that he can have Hannah over and continue their affair. And that same night is the night that his son goes missing. Yeah. Which which son you ask? You already know it's Nickel. <laughs> Come on, Houdini, of course. Nickel pulls a disappearing act at the cave. Literally, the 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 group of five meet Francisca, who's in the cave. She comes out with the drugs. Bartosh pushes her over, says, "Get out of here, bitch! Give me the drugs." <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> says, "I'll give you a swift kick in the ass." Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, really good guy, Bartosh. Oh, he's great. Um, Shoving ladies and stealing drugs. All of a sudden, their flashlights start flickering and the, the cave makes a loud noise. The loud noise actually comes first and then the lights start flickering. It's like a long In fact, groaning noise. What happens is the 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 there's a loud sound, kind of like a, like a blaring horn or like there's a wind aspect to it as well, which is interesting. And then they hear the group of kids hear a sound in the woods off to their left, and they all turn left and point their, their lights at it. And then they hear another sound behind them, and they all turn around and point their lights that's behind some, them. Oh, and then they turn back to the cave, an and then their lights start flickering. Looking the other way and flashing the lights the other way gives somebody an opportunity to maybe walk out of the cave unseen. That, or there are multiple people watching them at this cave oh. as some kind of point of inflection that I, that is a very... Because Ms. Mickle disappears yes. as they're running away from the cave. Right. Like, he yes. disappears in the outlying forest, running away. Yes. As after after their lights start flickering and these sounds happen, they are all sufficiently freaked out and sprint out of the cave back to where they came from. Just dart in every direction. Yes. They, they all split up, essentially. And Mickle... Mickle is initially with Jonas. Mickle and Jonas and are the together. run the other way. Yes. I also find it interesting uh, that earlier on in this conversation, Jonas says, just as like an overarching kind of theme, uh, his uh, Michael, his dad, used to say, "Good and evil is a matter of perspective." I wrote that which note I down think as is well. Really interesting because Who that said kind that? Of, uh, Jonas, Jonas said says that. that Michael used to say it a lot, which is an interesting thing because uh, it kind of lays the groundwork for the entire if you, show. If you buy into a larger theory that I have, <laughs> that that statement could be very interesting. But we'll get more on that. Yeah, I just well, in fact, even even before they get to the cave, Jonas has a very intimate conversation with Marta before the rest of the kids show up because he gets there early and Marta's already there. They they have a deja vu conversation. Yes, Marta says the lights and the 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 way that the night is right now is giving me deja vu, and Jonas says. Oh, well, some people say deja vu is, a, is like a glitch in the Matrix. If if the world is a simulation, then deja vu is a glitch in the Matrix. And I feel in the Matrix. After Jonas says this glitch in the Matrix line, Marta says, or it's a message from the other side. I read that somewhere. And and then Magnus and Mikkel show up. And they go to wow. the cave. And yeah. that's, that's 
some deep stuff right there. Just in yeah, the dude. first. There's there's yeah. so much in the first episode well, yeah. that plays out later. I don't on. even think that's the end of the episode. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. So yeah. so we keep seeing Helga like being distressed, through, yeah. and he's yelling, "It's too late to stop." He it. interrupts a, a, school like, school a school meeting that's PTA about Eric being missing, and he's like, "Oh, did it happen? I'm too late." And you see Charlotte stand up and be like, "Papa, no." What are you doing? Um, you're crazy. Go, go back to the nursing home, Papa. Little do they know, right? Um, so anyway, yeah, you have Helga coming in screaming, "Am I too late? Did it already happen? It must have already happened." Um, yeah. Once they get out, once they get outside and it starts raining, he says, "We're too late." We're too late. And yeah. it starts raining. Well, it starts raining while they're running through the forest. As Mikkel and Jonas, because Magnus, Bartosh, and Marta and Francisca all split off of Jonas and Mikkel. Jonas falls down in the woods. Which I find also weird. Why was why is Jonas the one who's supposed to grab Mikkel? Why I agree. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. full chaos and his siblings ditched him because yeah. they suck. Yeah, that <laughs> Pretty was much. Kind of a dick move. <laughs> but we see we see Jonas fall and lose sight of Mikkel and when he stands up, he hears a he hears a noise. It's like quiet around him. He doesn't see Mikkel and he hears a noise and he turns around slowly. And he sees his father, Michael, his dead father, Michael, standing in front of him, covered in what seems to be black paint, maybe black paint from his this, studio. This is key, I believe, to the entire series, is that scene right there. Michael's, or uh, Jonas's hallucination, uh, yeah, hall- hallucinations, Yeah, I don't quotes. know if it's a hallucination Who exactly, knows? Alex, yeah. I think uh, very, very real chance that it, it was a real vision he saw. Um, his, his father, father. Yeah. it's i mean it's possible we did hear we did hear people standing around in the woods making noises so right after that jonas can't find mickle he runs to meet his friends yeah. this is when monsoon season in germany starts apparently because it's just absolutely <laughs> pouring rain and it's raining sideways it's it's insane. for the next four months it's bananas how hard it rains and how frequently it rains in this town but their budget for and then af- machines was yeah. <laughs> and then after uh, after <laughs> after they lose uh, Mikkel, uh, we see Inez reads the letter because it goes yes. to the time uh, goes to the time that she was supposed to open that 10, November fourth. Yes, 10, and so we letter. we realize we don't we realize that the time of what that this letter. thing happening with the cave and Mikkel disappearing corresponds to the time that she's reading the yeah. letter. And all the we parents- don't know what's in the letter. Yeah. We just know that it corresponds to this time well, of. Well, at that point in time, we at don't. That point but we don't. We uh, we know, we that, know that we know that this letter the is suicide. The suicide letter yeah. from Michael. Yep. Uh, so there's some connection there, and we know yes. the connection. And then all the parents get called and like run through. Ooh, the there's a great for Mikha- phone call montage there. there. Everybody, yeah. each person getting a phone call, and that's when you kind of realize. The, that scene right there is when you realize how all these characters are connected. Oh, all the family units. Yeah. It's it's great because you see you see Hannah run up and hug Jonas, so you know they're connected, even though you kind of already knew that one. You see Katarina run up to Magnus and Marta. And you see Charlotte yeah. hugging Francisca, and you see Regina Tiedemann hugging Bartosh. And so you you understand these family units. Yeah, in, then, in a general sense. And I you like that too. People's desires almost. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it shows us how small Wyndon actually really is yeah at least these are the main families. yeah they are the ones with history they're in like this the town founding four houses. they're the police they're the nuclear power plant 
the um, hotel yeah and the principal of the school exactly i mean it's it's every facet of this and, a, and a therapist as well yeah, yeah kind of sucks but. <laughs> well we also find out that the therapist peter uh calls his wife saying that he really needs to tell her something but she is busy with the obvious kidnapping right. or right he seems he me. seems very distraught and Which, honestly like um why is he so distraught? Is it because he so he knows what's going to happen because of the book that Cloudy ends up giving him? He, because but, he found he found Mads that yeah. same night. Yeah, that he, same night was the night that Mads comes through the bunker. Which is the yeah. other thing that happens in this episode. We find a child body, yes. which is presumably Mickles, but it ends up being Mads yeah. with the burnt eyes. But we don't. Mads that's is, season two material yeah, right there, yeah. where we see Mads is Orwick's that, brother. Yeah, and so that that's that same day. So there's the connection in time between a season one episode and the season two episode. Yes, is um, essentially them finding the body and Claudia telling them they have to dispose of it. Is that happened at the, is I that think the that's last the episode of season, season one? one. I think that's in the last episode of season one that Claudia that comes into the bunker and oh, talks really? to Tranta yeah. and Peter because that's why Peter is so like emotionally distraught. For you assume that season. it's, you assume for a lot of it that it's the, the cheating secret, the secret her, of yeah. him being gay and not telling yes. his wife and the, the cheating that she knows about obviously. Yes. And so, you assume that's the thing that's torturing him and that he's constantly saying the, oh, what's that called? Something prayer? Yeah, help me to... The, yeah, the, oh, the, the grant, grant me the, the serenity, serenity to, to accept the things I can't yeah. change, and which is fantastic. The whole thing about what you can and can't change is an interesting can prayer change, for him yeah, to say. Yeah, change nothing. Well, and, then, and then the last scene we get is a scene of the Eric missing boy uh, in that 80s music playing, and he's in some tied up machine the time machine chair oh i wanted to mention one more thing about episode one um the time 1105 um plays a big part in the first season um really just in the show in general 1105 i think is used to symbolize the approaching of the apocalypse with midnight being the apocalypse and both hands of the clock are equidistant from midnight and ticking down to like the doomsday clock of apocalypse and this is borne out actually in episode one at eleven oh five in the episode. Ulrich is saying to his family, "The apocalypse is upon us," because like everybody was at the bakery getting bakery oh, foods. Right. He was explaining why he was late, which he was really cheating on his wife. But it's at eleven oh five in the first episode. He says the word apocalypse, which is fun. Oh, I had a couple like other notes actually. Yeah. Uh, all three Nielsens are wearing red when they go to the cave, which is interesting. Mm. Hannah works as like a. Um, physical therapist masseuse essentially and she goes to the power plant to I guess Alexander Tiedemann who is the head of the power plant is one of her clients I guess and she's massaging seemingly a bullet wound in his back and she says uh, scars can see into the future like he knew it was going to rain because his back was tightening up and she says scars can see into the future so that's fun because people like Adam are Scarred as fuck. <laughs> he also references moving there 33 years ago. Yes, and that the that everything is going to come to an end in in a year mm-hmm. or six months or whatever he says, because the power plant will be shutting down soon. Interesting. Interesting about that scar too, that because uh, we don't know anything about his backstory. We don't know why he was shot when we he know, comes. Yeah, in. we know he was most likely shot by the police for running away. However. Um, interesting that it's like they can what was it what was the exact quote scars can see into the future mm-hmm. so, so that's fun. was he shot in the future or you know 
yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery surrounding how Alexander gets to. Right. It was interesting in that scene that he like wasn't really that heavily pursued. You would think that if he had just run away, he couldn't have been shot for you mean the that scene long. When he emerges from the woods. Yeah, yeah. it's surprising Although that there he is there are dogs of... barking and sirens when he's yeah. well, in the woods. Which but I'm saying that he he also is that's like. That's later in. Is that season, season one? That's all season. season it's season one, it's but season it's, like, one. it's like episode five, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so episode two begins with the title card nine hours after Mikkel's disappearance. So it's the morning after November 4th. It's November 5th currently. Uh, we're introduced to the stranger, which is the older version of Jonas, and he's very dirty and disheveled. He's wearing a dark blue jacket, and he is carrying a brown suitcase that is carrying the time machine. He picks up a dead bird, which is very similar to several other people throughout the show. It's echoed by Charlotte and by Helga, just looking at dead birds. Um, uh, and then we cut to Jonas waking up again, bolting upright. Well, we see he we see him start leaking black fluid out of his ear and he goes to the mirror to look at it and then he has a very similar hallucination to the night that Mikkel disappeared last night and he turns to the left and sees his father again again covered in the black fluid whether it's paint or dark matter who knows but it'd be interesting if it was dark matter and it scarred him up real bad yeah I think it, it really is. Fit. I think it is dark matter, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, and so then, then as he's seeing his father hallucinating again, he then jolts awake again, and you realize that he was having a nightmare. Yeah, it almost makes you think he. he yeah. When he woke up, he experienced all that, and then he woke up again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, really throws you for a loop. Yeah. We're then thrown to the corner who uh, talks about the the child that was found in the woods with the eardrums melted and burnt face and uh, damage completely shattered from loud sound pressure or centrifugal force. Mm-hmm. Yes, so the, the, the idea of him being spun right round in the bunker chair and that causing his ears to get all fucked up. Right, this, this is the, at this point, this is uh, Eric... That they found, or did they? That find was Mads. Mads. They found Mads. Yes. Yeah. I think Eric is found later outside of the quarry or something like that. I'm actually another... interested to know if Mads and Eric were in the bunker at the same time, because there's a bunk bed in that in that room, and we don't see the top bunk when they show us Eric sitting in the bed, and we know that Mads dies first, so maybe they're both in the room at the same time. So what, Eric, wait, that's completely different time frames, though, right? No, they're both in the eighties. The bunker exists in the eighties. Yeah, they're both right. in the eighties. Eric though? was taken back by Helga, presumably, that, or well, yeah, that's how we. Do or it. Noah. I mean, they did the same thing to Jonas, right? They right. chloroformed him and then just took him back. Took him, and then when he wakes up, he's in the right. right. And he's speaking to the older version of himself, yeah. right? Yeah. So anytime you see that that bunker with the with the um, wallpaper it's like necessarily 1986 yes Yes. yeah yeah because we see the bunker in 53 and we see the bunker in 2019 and And they look totally they're just they're abandoned right right little piece of the wallpaper yeah Yeah. so easter egg for you yeah meanwhile ulrich is kind of like uh, running around town trying to find mickle because he's disappeared he's searching the caves 
and he's starting to think that it's you know kind of similar to Mads's his brother's disappearance. He also yeah. finds the, the metal biohazard door welded, inside the cave. Welded shut. Yeah, welded shut underneath the cave. So there's actually a fun. There's one, a fun two, little parallel when Ulrich is uh, is in the cave. He uh, he slips and falls in the exact same spot that Mikkel slips and falls. And he puts his hand on the same rock when he's climbing up out of the little nice divot little that he falls down on. Like yeah. But he finds he finds the the door with the radioactive symbol on it that's welded shut and he basically tries to get he well, he tries to get into the power plant and Alexander, who runs the power plant, says basically you have to get a search warrant. I can't just let people walk under the I know that he's not here. Our security guards would have seen your son get onto the premises somehow yeah um and so he refuses to let the police search the the power plant without a search warrant um which the real reason he's keeping them from getting through that door is because there is a shitload of barrels of radioactive material sitting behind that door that he's trying to keep a secret well we also see we're introduced to uh Ulrich's father tronte uh and we see him uh fiddling with his clothes and having a blood stain on his wrist or presumably a blood stain. And his wife uh, and, and, yeah. And, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because he, I, that's, I mean, I guess uh, that's Eric, right? There, no, that's Mads that he's handling, um, putting into that position where they find the right. dead body later on. Yeah, yeah so, I, I mean, just episode two essentially really is a reveal for some characters. We meet, you know, middle-aged Jonas, and we start to see that, um, you know, we have a couple suspicious characters that obviously we end up knowing didn't do anything to harm the boys, but there's a lot of mistrust going around in Vinden at this point in time because, you know, they think a murderer is living amongst them. So shit starts to really unfold um, right off the bat in season one. Um, you know, Alex, I don't know if you can think of uh, any more, like specific tidbits or like symbolisms in episode two that really like kind of reverberate throughout the series uh but yeah would, there's know, a there's a, a couple fun things yeah. there's like alexander alexander has a great line to jürgen obendorf who is the father of eric obendorf who's been missing uh eric or jürgen obendorf clearly works at the power plant as like some kind of maintenance facility guy essentially um and alexander basically says you got to move the shit tonight and Jurgen goes, well, I mean, like, people are watching me because my kid is missing. Are you sure it's a good idea? And Alexander yeah. says, are you trying to blackmail me? And he goes, no, what do you what do you mean? He says, do you know the difference between successful and unsuccessful people? And Jurgen Obendorf kind of shakes his head and he says, exactly. So fucking move the things that I tell you to move yeah. and get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> Which is such a savage line. Savage. Just brutal. <laughs> I want to get to episode three because I think this is one of the most important parts of the whole show. Is where Helge gives claudia the book a journey through time which by the way name of our show i know right yeah there you go we also we also see that book um in the hooded stranger uh yes characters hotel room so kind of like bringing both of them into the same episode it's essentially the first time i think in the series that we not only see some person uh kind of be the result of time travel but it's the first object that's introduced as 
the uh, result of as a paradox as a par- as the bootstrap paradox. It's the first idea I think that we see that's clearly um, a bootstrap paradox. Everything else has been human being related. Yeah, I think this is the first yeah, idea right. related, first and it's, and it's, it just right. happens to be a book that describes the what's going time on, travel yeah. that's going on. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. clarity, you're talking about uh, the book being passed from Helga to Claudia in 1986, and the same book changing hands right between Jonas and like Stranger Jonas. Uh, it, it doesn't change hands. We just see it in Stranger. Jonas. We just know that he has it. We but see him. Right. With, but yes, right. but it's in two different timelines, and it's the second time we see the same object. Right. And another thing, we also see uh, Jonas finds uh, maps of the cave in his father's studio. Is that an uh, something that passed through time? I don't know well? if it, I mean, he, some some aspects of it do because the stranger comes in and marks like the path that he needs to go on to actually find the tunnel. I'm surprised at the lack of substance in episode four. Let me know if I'm wrong on that. I was, I was just reviewing the... Let me look at my notes for episode four. Uh, and I'm surprised because so far episodes one through three have had significant... Either people developments or object developments, such as well, the episode. The book. Episode four introduces uh, Noah meeting Charlotte. Yeah, Noah's. Or no, wait, Noah meeting Elizabeth. Noah meeting Elizabeth. Elizabeth. We don't know Noah. Oh, we before. don't yeah. know, so but we don't know. We didn't see that interaction either. The Noah Elizabeth. Yeah, we're only told by Elizabeth that that, no, she, that she met yeah, Noah, yeah. but she knows what he looks like, yeah. so you have to kind of assume yeah, that no, she no, actually no, saw his oh, face. But yeah, but he gives her the. The pocket, the, the golden pocket. pocket watch that says for Charlotte on it, which mm-hmm. is. We do that, see an interesting interaction in that family too, because. The Elizabeth then we get Francisca interaction. Elizabeth clearly, clearly sign Francisca language. knows that Elizabeth is more conniving than her parents think. Mm-hmm. And She's not as innocent as she n- comes Not off. as innocent as she comes off, which I think is an interesting thing you notice because you don't really ever see her being bad. Would you say that she's sly like a fox? <laughs> with her little hat that she wears the wallpaper uh, oh that uh, wallpaper baby yeah. that that fox hat another small uh, detail oh, wow. is that um you know eric when he went missing and the drugs that he had he most likely got those from noah right because noah he must have been like, right because right. noah, noah a time traveling drug dealer <laughs> essentially with, with and this is what i was talking about with bartosh uh, you never see the, a transaction or him even possessing drugs from mm-hmm. Noah. Yeah. Maybe once. I don't know that Noah ever hands him drugs, but, though, but, does he? But Noah is confirmed a drug dealer because Eric has drugs. It is funny because Bartosh looks at that box of drugs, whatever it is, just like so intensely like do you remember the scene where he's sitting on the couch and he's like looking at the yeah. box of dr- and he's like he finds like the cell phone and shit but he's like mm-hmm. kind of like, like i love i love that he tries to punch in the code for the cell phone oh, like, yeah. oh maybe i'll get it he tries yeah. one two three four and then gives up yeah, <laughs> it's worth a yeah i thought that was so funny also, he looked at it so intensely every drug under the oh dude oh, it yeah. was it was like a oh, sampler yeah. platter of any drug you could possibly dude, want Noah yeah. has the good shit <laughs> but uh well, another interesting thing. Okay, so I've watched I've watched the first season probably like seven times, and only on the most recent time of me watching it, I thought to myself, "Who the fuck is driving the car that Noah is in?" Yeah, yeah. Noah's always in the backseat. Yeah, but it could be Magnus and Francesca. Yeah, yeah. yeah but who? But I think who it's is Adam? It? 
Oh, I also had a note that Alexander is the only person who knows how to use umbrellas. Fucking every person in this yeah. show is like has their hood off and is just getting rained Constantly on. And Alexander sitting there in an umbrella. It's a sign of extreme wealth. The budget for the umbrellas went straight to the rain machines. <laughs> well, and of, and uh, dryness. Hannah dry, uh, rides her bike to the Nielsen's place with a platter of food. I don't. I want to know how she did that. Yeah, that was yeah. that was impressive. <laughs> held by the same so person who really drove the car. Yeah. She's a unicycle. Well, and also she leaves her bike there and i mean i, I just found it interesting she got a ride from ulrich and leaves her bike there but uh there's also the scene where Jonas and hannah are talking uh Jonas asks hannah if she thinks that he had any secrets and she says who mickel and he goes no dad which i thought was a fun uh, little thing hmm. um if and, we're still on episode four that is when peter goes to see old helga right and then i think well, Helga tells him, like, TikTok, like, it has to stop or something like that. Or maybe Peter says that to him. But, I mean, that's a pretty important part of that episode, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. There's definitely some, as as things start to really hit the fan in, in the first couple episodes, again, there's just mistrust. But this mistrust is what drives people to these extremes. Like, mm-hmm. there's... Again, another another idea of if everybody just told each other the truth, you know, maybe these things wouldn't have unfolded the way they did. But since nobody trusts somebody else, they take things into their own ha- own hands and go to the extremes. Um, you know, it, we see we see it go as far as Charlotte telling Pete, uh, her husband, like, "Hey, did you freaking?" kill these kids yeah like where were you, you know, on the night that yeah, these guys disappeared accu- the head of police is accusing her own husband of killing mm-hmm. these kids so it's Alibi just shit. just complete chaos it is it is yeah. shitty i would suspect him too honestly yeah. the way and also acting. his reaction to it he um, doesn't say no he says you're crazy yeah, yeah. he says i can't believe that's you totally what i would me. say if i did yeah it. yeah that's not a suspicious well, answer <laughs> at all it's in his mind, the admitting that he's having a gay affair right. is uh, it's as big as <laughs> is, that, is bigger yeah. than his missing uh, missing right. kid than right. admitting that he in found the a dead body. Yeah. 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 Also, in that episode, when Mickle first goes back, the first place that he goes is the school to find his mom. And he actually does find her, but she's... Or well, I guess he goes home first he, and yeah, he sees... But that's where he sees her, At the right? end of episode two, he goes yeah. and he, he tries to get into his house, the Nielsen house, right. and... His key doesn't work, and then Ulrich opens the door and says, what the fuck are you doing? Who, who are you? And Nickel goes, I, I'm Mickle, I live here. And he goes, yeah, I'm Ulrich, and I live here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, but she's... When when Mikkel goes and sees uh, Katerina right before that, she's giving a uh, a cassette to like her friend, whatever girl that is, and says like it's a song about uh, a girl who's wearing le- red lipstick and a man kidnaps her because she's wearing the red lipstick and takes her into the forest and kills her. And then it immediately cuts to Claudia putting on red lipstick. Oh, and shit. like also in that episode, Elizabeth. Elizabeth steals the red lipstick and then meets Noah in the woods. Yeah. So there's some interesting little references there. Yeah, what, very and this cool. Is, what, this is episode four or three? That was actually episode three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, episode four is the... With, when, when Elizabeth disappears, too, with Noah. Yes. Yeah, so that actually is foreshadowed a little bit. Um, oh, what was the other thing? I had one more thing. Oh, yeah, when Mikkel goes to the uh, to the police station to, to try and find his father, and he finds Egon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Egon is already kind of biased against Ulrich because when he says like my son, my my brother, do you know Ulrich Nielsen? Like he works here, and he's like, oh, I don't think Ulrich will ever work here yeah, as a police yeah. officer, which was a little on the nose for me. But yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but the fun thing is when Egon leaves to go find Ulrich and figure out like why you sent this beat up kid to my yeah. station. Mikkel sees a like unsolved Rubik's cube on Egon's desk and like solves it immediately. So that's a fun little like. Oh, I never noticed. Yeah, that e- Egon. Egon consistently has this Rubik's cube on his desk that he never that he never solves, and Mikkel figures it out immediately. And so that's kind of like the larger mm-hmm. Egon never understanding the full scale right. of the when, time travel that's happening, but Mikkel understands when, it immediately. Oh, I wanted to um, mention actually that Tranta and Claudia are probably having an affair in the eighties. Oh, definitely. He goes. He goes yeah. and visits her, and there's a, there's a very like sexually charged scene between the two of them, and so there's a consistent theory that Tranta is potentially the father of Regina. Yep, because mm. we don't, we never know. We yeah. don't, we never see Claudia have a husband. And that would make Bartosz and Nielsen also. Yes, we, mm. we have we have Jonas, kind of uh, starting to dig into things a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we we haven't touched on this uh, plot. Is uh, Jonas is really becoming the the professional traveler that he clearly ends up becoming in b- the beginning of season one. You see how he searches for for answers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's asking why why did my father hang himself, right? Who is this strange man? He gave me these maps. He gave me this l- light that he says go to the c- this point in the cave. And when I went to this point in the cave. Lo and behold, I, I traveled through time. He, I believe he, the first time he travels through time, he sees his mother uh, in as a young version of herself at the bus, right, at the bus right, stop the riding with her, he with his yeah. grandfather. Yeah. And he, you can just see it on his face. He's so like he just perplexed. Yeah, he yeah. He's like, oh my God, is this what's going on right now? Yeah. And I, I love Jonas's honestly growth as a as a character in season one where he goes from this guy who you think is crazy who you know poor Jonas like he he's so helpless everything's going wrong wrong in his life to this person who just starts commanding time he he, he hops back to you know 1986 I believe is the year mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah hops to 1986 and then is able to handle that no problemo. Well, he gets a little bit of help from future him too. Yeah, cause yeah, so imagine that scene, getting told that I am you in the future, like you haven't figured it out yet. Or I actually, that was no, at that the very end. Yeah, though, but yeah. when yeah. when he confronts him, because it's outside of the hospital. Yeah. And because yeah. Jonas is He's trying talking. to find Mikkel and bring him and back. Mikkel is yeah. speaking. And that's when the stranger interrupts him and says. He yeah. stops him from yeah. from saying something. He says, Mikkel. you can't you can't bring him back. Because and, 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 he, he sees him sitting there talking to Hannah, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Or is he yeah. talking to Enos, maybe? Mm-hmm. Hannah is talking to Oh, that's to, right, because that's the uh, whole Mikkel. thing with the yeah. moving of the oh, bottle yes. caps. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah's talking to Mikkel, and he, the the stranger who we all know is Jonas, is telling younger version Jonas, like, that's your dad right there. Yeah, whether or like, not you want to believe it, you, that is your father. You have a choice right here. Mm-hmm. But Ulrich, um, lo and behold, finds his way to the past, and he finds himself into 1953, uh, where he searches for Helga. Um, 
because he wants to kill Helga in order to prevent the future murdering of his own child and the other children. And his brother, too. Um, and his brother. Right, yeah. because he doesn't understand the inability to change things that mm-hmm. have happened within the loop. And so he, he thinks it's like a Back to the Future-esque right. style <laughs> thing where he can just alter the right. past and it'll change his timeline of the future. Like the, the separation in the response is Jonas, calm, collected, you know, thoughtful right. approach to it. Ulrich, Ulrich smash. rash. <laughs> rash, just yeah. like, yeah. I need, like, <gasps> where is... Where's my son? Yeah. Like, well, he's operating like, on so many assumptions already, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And he doesn't really know anything about Helga. He knows that yeah. he's connected in some he, way. He thinks that he's connected in right. some way. He, he really doesn't even kill know. He doesn't he tries know. To kill but he, him. And but it's yeah, the same... Like, if I just eliminate him... He displays the same mentality, too, when he tries to get Mikkel back to the cave when he's older. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he literally just gets, yeah. gets busted. The parallelism yeah. of that, too, the, yeah. the running to the cave and being tackled by Egon is... Uh, in the in the uh, uh, trailer for season three, there's yeah. a scene where um, Jonas is tackling Marta outside of the caves, right. and I think it's a very close symbolism there. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Well, and, and the whole reason that um, that Ulrich had reason to suspect Helga as a suspect, and that he was connected, was because of Aegon Tiedemann's notes. Um, why? Why, Forest, why Road. Forest Road? Yeah. Why? Why not Forest Road? Why? Why, why didn't he go? Road, yeah. Why didn't he go the shortest way to get to his right. cabin? Why did he take a detour the night that that Mads disappeared? Yeah. Um, and Aegon died before he could. Um, well, uh, Helga never showed up to that meeting, and yeah. then. And he actually shows up at Helga's house again. Or, or no, that was that was when he shows up and Helga is And Helga hiding. avoids him yeah, and yeah, yeah. doesn't well, and, then Hel- and then Helga gets in the I'm car accident. Yeah. He, yes. never, he never, get, he never and, right, right. Yeah. Helga's he in a car accident with his older self. And the older self dies? Older self dies. Also, the older self is driving a red car and... Helga is driving a blue car. Yeah. Oh, is it a blue car? Wow. <laughs> I tried all around. of the color awesome. symbols. I think it's the other, way. It's the other way around. Maybe it's the other yeah. way around. One yeah. thing uh, I totally forgot about that I think is very important to mention is that when before before um, Ulrich tries to kill a uh, younger version of um, Helga. Helga, thank you, Colby, uh, he goes to H.G. Tannehaus's clock store yes and he leaves an object there what's that object it's his phone mm-hmm. his cell phone which powers oh, the, the time device, machine yeah. it becomes instrumental it, in yeah. using it's the time like, you have to the have key. it so yeah. there, there's yeah. another bootstrap paradox mm-hmm. the future affecting the past yeah, yeah the future affecting yeah. the past yeah and it's not not person well i mean yes he brought the phone but it's an object. It's like technology itself mm-hmm. is propelling technology, and which came first, right? Right. Which is interesting talking about the guard particle, you know, because the phone was created by a person. Yeah. So it's not something that just comes out of nowhere. It's not. It it was created with materials available to humans, created yeah. by yeah. a human, yeah. which is interesting in the implication of like the you know messing with time in this whole show. Yeah. Is that if that is a functional like the one of the pertinent parts of a time machine, it was created by a human. So time machine is able to be harnessed in a way by humans. This whole this whole fucked up situation that is known as Vinden 
is the result of man it's a man-made time yeah little loop yeah, I think and yeah. it's just the 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 whole fuck show that ensues when people mess with time. Yeah, well, I think that validates Adam's uh, belief that time can be harnessed. Yeah, um, and that because mm-hmm. he has a tangible example. Yeah, he's he's lived it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he's, well, he's, he's, he's yeah. lived. Yeah, not only has he lived it, but he's essentially changed it in right. certain ways. Right, right. Like he, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. and then I think uh, later in the same episode. The stranger Jonas goes to HG Tannehouse telling him, "I need you to fix this uh, time machine." And the guy's like, "Like shit, I have the same yeah, one right the- here." And it's instead of powered by, you know, the device that you have or the thing that powers your device, which is the same time machine. I have one that's powered by this odd object yeah. that the pa- this guy came and left, like, mm-hmm. and he only left behind this crazy phone object thing yeah how's that phone um, still charged though That's <laughs> well he actually he actually hooks up a uh a battery to the back of it does he you, yeah you see it in uh, in season two he has like he has like the back panel oh, peeled so off of right. it and he has yeah. like a whole a like battery wire. pack and wires yeah he like figured out a way to like jerry rig it to I think continue working first, first like in- introduction into like ulrich's fate almost you know he sees the phone, and you can see that middle-aged Jonas is like visibly like, "Oh shit, that's like Ulrich." And oh, from like, the background. Yeah, from the, the background, yeah, he's like, yeah. "Oh my god, like he was here. Like this is even more intertwined than I." Oh, thought. that's really interesting, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he's learning stuff as he goes along as well. Oh yeah. Um, and he's already middle-aged Jonas. <laughs> but is it is it then that Claudia? Um. Is it is it later that season that Claudia comes in and tells the watchmaker how to build the the time machine? She gives him the uh, the blueprints in the fifties. Yeah, in the 50s, yeah. yeah. 50s. she yeah. gives him the blueprints in the fifties. Yes, that's in episode nine, in the very yeah, end of episode yeah, yeah. nine. That's yeah. right at the end. Of, doesn't doesn't at some point don't we also see she says I'm not here to teach you how to build right it. you have to teach me how to how to use it but I'll be yeah. the younger me essentially yeah. she doesn't say that but she's like says kind of a meme and like right. she taught the she so she, there's the, another passage of idea bootstrap paradox with an idea of time travel um, so not only the idea of time travel but also like a physical result of it well and then the they talk about the it again machine. yeah and then they talk yeah. about it again in season two uh, the younger her comes in and he like teaches her how to do it and he's like you told me earlier to uh, that yeah, your older to- your older self told my younger self that I would have to teach your younger yeah. self this yeah. shit and the funny thing is I would never have known how to do it until recently when some other guy came and told me how it all worked <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that that must be the third or fourth time where we see the idea of time travel mm-hmm. itself is a thing that traveled through time. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, that self-referential aspect of this whole conundrum <laughs> yeah. is, is just what makes it... It's Yeah, exactly. It's recursive, but it's consistent. It's internally consistent, which I think makes the... Well, I the think that's also right when she gives H.G. Tanhouse the blueprints, all the clocks inside his shop are at 11.05. Yes. Oh, 11.05 constantly in the show. Yeah. When when the stranger when the stranger and Tanhouse are talking about thirty three years being the potential time difference between the the planes of whatever, it's also eleven oh five in the yeah. in the clock shop as well. I never noticed that. <clears throat> I at first I'm not gonna lie, that was a little crackpot theory, Alex. 
it's all the over the more place. more and more you're saying it appears i mean what if that is you, how adam is trying to keep the most important parts in sync exactly yeah Both the most important the most important things happen at 1105 so it's really easy to like if you can synchronize the, the if you can synchronize like the events happening, you can be like, good. The main fucking things happen at eleven oh five. So like whatever changes. I did go through every episode went through, in season one, and there's only really the one. In there's only a couple. One. I went through every episode in in both seasons and looked at what was happening at eleven oh five in each mm-hmm. episode, and it didn't really pay off that well. But there were a couple things that were interesting. I mean, obviously, like in the show, the eleven minute and five seconds into it yeah okay yeah like in the, in the oh, first episode wow. ulrich says the word apocalypse at that second that's really the only one um, that I, I mean <laughs> in in episode 10 enos says like each time it happens there's like Single a pa- there's like a pause right before mm-hmm. the thing that's said at 1105 which is kind of interesting like there's almost always a pause right before it mm-hmm. and like a lot of them are kind of not really anything <laughs> although like in, in episode five uh, Katarina, who's wearing a red shirt, gets up and hugs Hannah, who's wearing a blue shirt, and that's when she, right at eleven oh five, is when she does like the sniff. the sniff yeah, and yeah. realizes that like oh that's this is okay. yeah no, that is significant that, that is important. <clears throat> uh, well, you guys, you guys think it's interesting that the quote unquote creator of time travel, Tanhouse, we've actually we've never seen him test his invention. He's just. A pawn. He's a middleman. Mm-hmm. Oh seem yeah. Like he has any motive. Oh man. So. Claudia. Well, and he pawn. also he, he also such an awesome. Quote. He also seems very uh like uh I can't remember when it happens. I think it might be the last episode of season one. Um, when like he's told that like it worked and he's uh Hooded Jonas is trying to um blow up the tunnel. He like tells H G Tanhouse and in Tanhouse is like get out of here. I don't want to know anything about this. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he doesn't really yeah. care he's about like, the time travel. He's like a pure intellectual in that yeah. matter. He's got no. But it's also the fact that he didn't really do anything. Like the book he didn't write because it's bootstrapped. The time right. machine he didn't really create because mm-hmm. it's bootstrapped. I mean, so it's it's kind of like yeah. interesting because he never actually did anything himself. He it's just it off the, 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 pro- the, the TV pawn show. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's showing in that yeah. That's where he's made his, his riches. Um, so Cla- okay. Claudia, as a puppeteer, one thing I don't understand that happens in episode 10 is uh, Noah tells Bartosh that Jonas is the one who is creating the wormhole. Claudia sent him in there telling him it would destroy it, but she knows that he's actually creating it. So I think... Um, I have she, that entire quote if you want. Please, yes. that would be great. <clears throat> Noah goes, uh, everything is about to begin. The older Jonas will destroy the the whole, but he doesn't realize that he will be the one to trigger its existence. The cesium in his useless machine won't destroy the whole forever. It's what creates it in the first place. Uh, he thinks he's a savior, but Claudia lied to him. Most people are nothing but pawns on a chessboard, led by an unknown hand. Their lives exist only to be sacrificed for a higher goal. Jonas, Mikkel, the children, they're nothing but unfortunate yet necessary chess moves in an eternal war between good and evil. Boom. I'm yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, Claudia, you're, I mean, you're thinking Claudia like, oh, what a nice lady. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, an e- to what to you is an evil character, Noah, is explaining, no, no, no. She's actually creating this effed up time travel loop, right? Mm-hmm. We we are not the evil people. She is. It's the first time yeah. I felt like, oh, totally damn, like maybe Noah yeah. is doing <coughs> these horrible things for maybe a good purpose. Maybe they have purpose, some larger goal. Yeah. Larger goal in mind. 
exactly and and to to see Jonas middle-aged Jonas who's so experienced be so deceived also reminds you that right now Claudia is kind of ahead ahead person in as far as this whole time travel mm-hmm. thing is concerned right you think no you're not introduced to Adam at this point but you think right. no so is you the think other. Yeah, no one, right no one, well no one. the rest of that quote actually because there's kind of the back half of that as well Noah is still talking to Bartosh says there are two groups out there fighting to control time travel light and shadow we belong to the light don't forget that even though some of what we do is of a dark nature but no victory is ever won without sacrifice as long as we're in this time loop we who know have to make sure that every step will be repeated exactly as it was before, no matter how inhumane it seems to us, no matter what sacrifice it demands of us. But believe me, the others are the ones who are truly inhumane. They have lost all humanity. They belong to the shadow. Your grandmother, Claudia, belongs to the shadow. Never trust her, no matter what she says. Jonas trusted her before, and he will trust her again. Jonas thinks he will change everything, but he's just her puppet. He doesn't deserve any better. <clears throat> I, like that I, I want to hear i want to hear your kind of uh remarks on season one as a whole maybe some like well I, okay so based on the last noah quote that i read where he's talking about light and shadow there are two sides t- trying to control everything <clears throat> in season in episode eight of season one when the stranger goes to visit uh Tanhouse to talk to him about time one he shows up at the at the place at 1105 and the and Tanhouse says on time as always like clockwork so he always shows up at 1105 to talk to Tanhouse maybe who knows um <clears throat> but yeah. then they're they're talking about Einstein Rosen bridges a passage that connects an entrance a black hole and an exit a white hole which we're seeing white holes in the season three trailers yep. yeah. in the alternate universe so maybe that's the exit of whatever the black hole in our universe is so yeah who knows what that means mm. That would only support um, like two universes there, right? Yeah, there's there's weird stuff there, but the the real quote that I'm looking for here was from Tanhouse to <clears throat> to uh, uh, the stranger. He says our shaping our our thinking is shaped by dualism: entrance, exit, black, white, good, evil. Everything appears as opposite pairs, but that's false. Uh, nothing is complete without a third dimension. Not just up and down, but a center as well. Uh, he introduces the triketra, the three, the trinity knot. Yeah. <clears throat> and he proposes that a wormhole connects uh, not just two, but three dimensions, past, present, and future. But he uses the word dimension, which is interesting. I, l- I love the quotes, Alex. Honestly, uh, they provide such concrete evidence to certain theories within the show that I think it's almost, even though we're only through season one, if you did watch hard enough and, and collected the, the key quotes, yeah, you could see... That there's not only potentially another world, but three separate worlds going on. Um, which, again, one of my favorite things about Dark is the consistency and the lack of plot holes. Because yeah. if you look hard enough... Everything is connected in every, some way. Yeah. Everything yeah. is reference is a reference to something else. Uh, I'm just <laughs> looking at this episode. <laughs> I wrote down, sexy-ass Agnes in a red dress and black hat. <laughs> when she meets Ulrich for the first time, and Tranta is wearing a blue jacket with a red shirt underneath. So that's interesting. Another color. Blue yeah. and red. Yeah. Hey, There's a lot of people that are wearing multiple colors at times. Like, yeah. uh, like Mikkel's pajamas in season two are brown, yeah. but there's red, blue, and yellow, like... Um, 
rocket ships, yeah. rocket ships that are flying to red or blue or yellow planets. There's mm-hmm. like, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, Voler uh, is almost always wearing like a blue shirt with yellow or red stripes. Right. Like he's always got almost all three colors going for him, or he's wearing like a beige sweater. Um, Fashionable. Well. He's a good-looking dude, man. Alex, we can uh, pick up on more color symbol symbolism when we go through season two as well. No need to burst your bubble. I know. I just got to blow the Fucking the, the dresses that uh, that Agnes uh, wears with Doris. She's wearing a blue dress, and yellow, she gives yeah. uh, and she gives Doris that yellow yeah, dress. Yeah. Oh man, dude! So much red, blue, yellow. In 2019, Noah tells Bartosz that Claudia is the real enemy, which we already talked about, and she has sent adult Jonas to unknowingly create the wormhole instead of destroy it. In 1953, young Helga awakes up as a warm wormhole appears in front of him in the bunker, connecting him, you know, sees Jonas through the portal, uh, and Jonas is in 1986 at that point. Um, and they reach for each other, and at that point, Helga is transported to... 1986 to the timeline that, that Jonas was in, and Jonas is transported and wakes up in the post-apocalyptic 1952. Yes. And the ser- uh, I think, <clears throat> what, the last scene of, of season one is uh, where he gets hit is with the him, gun. Him getting uh, whacked rifle-butted by, by uh, Cilia, yeah. is her name. Um, and she's, the translator. The, yeah, the translator yeah. who we looks. Don't know much about. She looks suspiciously like young Hannah, though. It. it I. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of There's a lot did of. Not see that. Yeah. But, yeah she. She never gets a name hair. throughout the entire thing too. Because I. No. I make sure. The only reason we know her name is because of credits and yeah. stuff. Yeah. What, what's her name? Celia. Yeah. I also wanted to say, and this is kind of off, not off topic, but uh, Noah was talking a lot about, um, especially to Helga when he was in 1986, like during that time period like uh we prefer or he this is when he's talking to older Helga, oh, like yeah. adult Helga. He says, the whole we, why do we believe in god yeah thing. yeah like there is no god we prefer a lie uh than feeling pain and he says different and like nothing is done in pain not a single uh breath step not a word not any pain all all an eternal wondrous series of pain sadness can give us strength Pain defines who we are, but no longer holds power over us. Well, that's interesting. That quote is different from the well, uh, from I, I the German the, translation. I did the English version. Yeah. Interesting. The <laughs> quote that, again, I'm lazy. I'm yeah, sorry. The, the quote that I have, Helga Helga says, because uh, it's it's like middle aged Helga, and he's questioning Noah yeah. because it's right at the end of the season, and he says, "But if there is no God, why do we believe in a lie?" And Noah says, because we prefer any lie to the pain. Noah talks about uh, the stranger who visits him and like says the whole thing about nothing being... He says, nothing, nothing is in vain, not a single breath, a, a word, a step, any pain. It's all an eternal miracle of the one. Uh, he didn't understand until years later when he felt the pain that pain and horrible experiences make us what we are. And then he asks, like, who's next on the list? And he says, Jonas. And so that's when they go in get Jonas and put him in the bunker. Kidnapping him. Wow. Splash. Well, and that's also an allusion to season two because we find out that the person he heard in the hallways was Jonas in 1920. Right. Which we will talk about in season two. Maybe. Because Jonas doesn't actually say that to him, so it's... He said he, hear, he, said he hears it in his sleep. In, in this quote. He says that... Well, yeah, that he, that he would wake up and talk in his sleep. Yeah. Um. So there, there, are, th- there are some theories that it... That's that Jonas is not the stranger, but that's what we're led to believe. Yes, I agree. I'll give you that. Jonas is definitely the stranger. No, I mean the stranger that talks to to 
Noah, I mean. But yes, I mean, they call him the stranger. Realistically, yes, it's probably him. I had had just about the the very last uh, episode, um, when Jonas, when the stranger Jonas, middle-aged Jonas, is in the tunnel... He's using the machine and he's using the phone with it to like create the black hole or an, to, or whatever to destroy the tunnel that actually ends up. But there. okay, one, why would that work? But it does. I mean, it does break the tunnel essentially because then the tunnel isn't but it functional break between the, it, yeah. the funnel. The tunnel then isn't functional between November and June, in all timelines. Um, Until the apocalypse, yeah, right. Well, because because once because then he because and most likely Jonas afterwards because because Jonas that gets trapped in the future. Oh, I guess that's right. But I was just wondering, like, well, because then when he's sitting when he's sitting down there in the tunnel, he sees his father again, covered in that black paint, sitting with him. Uh, so that's just another recurrence of uh, that. And I was thinking maybe if there's like an explosion in the tunnel when he's doing that, if that's what gets him all burnt up and causes him to be Adam. Oh, if we're assuming that yeah. Jonas is Adam, maybe like there's an explosion when he breaks the tunnel, and that's what causes him. To are we saying that the people is that, are we saying that the person we see in season two is a different Jonas or a different adult Jonas? Could be, if there's multiple universes. Yeah. So you're saying the tunnel only gets destroyed in one universe? That's an interesting theory. Maybe. I mean, well, that's the thing. Is is the tunnel connecting three timelines in one universe? Or is it connecting three universes? Yeah, uh, I would that's that's my wonder. Is if because the machine travels you forward and backward thirty three years in time within your universe, seemingly. But the tunnel, we're not necessarily sure of. I think maybe it does. It is just within the timeline because I think there's some like specifics that mm-hmm. do end up playing out where it had to have been within the same timeline. But there's going to be some way that. One of the modes of travel, whether it's the God Particle, the Tunnel, or the Tanhouse Machine, is going to be something that causes you to go across universes. But there's also the question of what causes the Tunnel to actually work. Because, like, the, the Machine, you have to have the cesium. The God Particle is the cesium. Like, I mean, and I guess it's, like, supposed to be right below it and stuff like that, and I get that. But what actually causes the Tunnel to have that property? Is it just, like, the soil that's around it or whatever? Or, like, because, I mean, they're clearly building it in 1920, and it says there's still... 32 years till it's functional so right do they do something special to the tunnel and that might be something that we learn or is it just that's when it kicks off yeah, yeah who knows i mean the the whole scene where he's actually doing the destruction of the tunnel there's a lot of really good stuff i mean um mickle mickle gets to because it's all like in the there's this just a song playing and it's the montage of images of right. like whatever um, Mikkel arrives at the Convald house for the first time and he like realizes oh this is like my future I'm just gonna be Michael Convald now uh, Charlotte and Char- Charlotte finally goes and meets Peter in the bunker so the idea is they're gonna like finally share their knowledge together and start figuring it out together uh, which we see happen in season 2 Katarina is calling Ulrich's phone which is the phone that's being used to destroy the that's being used with the time machine? So, so I wonder what if it, her calling yeah. that phone affects I something. Say, what are all these like? I think it's really good. Just like TV development is showing all of these shots side yes. by side to create an illusion almost of you know these are connected, but in reality it's just like good filmmaking. The next the like, next thing. Do I we think enjoy these like... montages every episode? Absolutely, yes. Because the song that they play during those montages is always a fucking banger. Uh, so then after Katarina is calling banger. Ulrich's phone, um, it then cuts to 
in Mickle's room and he's got that mobile that hangs from the ceiling of red, blue, and yellow planets and they're all spinning. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I need like Wait, that. Does that have like a, you think that has a relevance in any Yeah, sort of I, it has manner? something to do with all the, beca- well, there's the whole spinning right round and their ears are screwed up because of Centrif- rotational yeah. centrifugal forces. So I think, yeah, anything that's like spinning has to do with like the spinning of a wormhole or some kind of like black hole that spins kind of so thing. So in terms of like the the fact that they're spinning, right? Mm-hmm. I can see that that is true, right? Like one is spinning and so is the other. But in terms of like a more deeper connection, what are your what is like the th- idea behind Oh, okay. So like, all all the the planets there yeah. that are on the mobile aren't just one color each. Yeah. Some of them have are, one of them is like red and yellow stripes. One of them is like blue and red stuff. So like they're all kind of like intermingled yeah. in colors. They're not all separate colors entirely. Yeah. So I think the idea is that all three universes are kind of interwoven together and have like yeah. they're all twisted up in some big knot in a yeah. trinity knot essentially. You're if you're listening to this and thinking about doing a rewatch of Dark, especially season one, especially that's prepping what you've been for poking, season three, yeah. focusing on. Um, in prep for season three, really go back, rewatch some of the episodes or all of them. I say all of them um, <laughs> to to keep an eye out for those time matches that Alex has been mentioning, or the, I'm sorry, those color matches that Alex yeah. has been mentioning. Keep in mind all those little hints that yes, things are occurring on different timelines, but are they occurring in different universes? Right, and when then all these families, right. These three, four, I guess four main families. But it's kind of three, It's kind of, yeah. yeah. (laughs) How intertwined are they, right? And how do they fit together perfectly if you can imagine that this world is just a recursive loop occurring again and again and again? And we've given a hundred, if not more, specific examples throughout the show. Of mirroring and repetition of certain themes. Go back and watch those scenes or just go back and watch the entire episode and season and both seasons to, and keep an eye out for these themes. Oh, yeah. Well, and also make sure you listen to the intro and outros because those, like, like oh. the, the, narr- the monologues or whatever that are at the beginning and end of each episode have, it's not every episode, but yeah. the ones that there are there, they have very strong allusions to universes and the black holes and all the yeah. different. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, like, there are no wasted. Well, because it's always either Adam words. There's no wasted dialogue. There's no wasted anything. Mm-hmm. Everything means something in the show. There's it's, no. It's always Adam, stuff. Helga, or someone who Noah, someone who knows about the cycles, talking and saying things that are very uh, illusionary. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, season three lives up to the expectations that we've set. I mean, oh, don't very even say high, that. You know, very well, high bar. I know we're you. watching it in in almost one go, and we'll be coming at you live with some uh episode by episode reactions sort of live um (laughs) but at the same time like please go watch these episodes again with these theories in mind i'm sure you've heard them if if you haven't heard them you know take take a gander see if you kind of agree or disagree um please write back letting us know if we missed anything if we made an error if we're not seeing something or you have a different theory we'd love to hear from you and uh you know we're we're, we're gonna add it in into the uh yeah i mean we can drop it in we can drop it in in post or something i mean you you can just you can just say it like into your micro your desktop microphone and say like oh the the patreon the whatever the email we we just might discuss your theory on here between us 
And uh, so yeah, yeah. Please us send us emails, and maybe we can yeah. talk about your specific things or look for them when we're watching season three. Absolutely. So, any any final thoughts on season one recap? I think I have said everything yeah. I could possibly <laughs> Pretty imagine. Sorry for the shitty mic quality, but here's the links. Our Patreon is ajtt.thedarkcast, D-A-R-K-A-S-T, at gmail.com. And our Patreon is ajtt underscore thedarkcast as well.